How's everybody doing? Introduce yourselves. Good. I'm doing good. (laughs) (laughs) Not all at once. We'll start with Shy. Man, you know, Shy got a lot from the north side. I'm just out here chilling, man. Out here being productive. How was your week? Tiring, but I've been making a lot of steps to improve my position in life, so it's been cool. Okay. That's fine. What's up? It's me, Lil C. Yep. How was your week? Uh, my week was uh, pretty challenging, fun. So, yep, just keep on pushing through. Yep. Okay, okay. Yep. All right, TK. It is, of course, the one and only TK. Um, my week was actually very productive, very busy. Uh, but, yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed the last couple of days of good weather. So, yeah. How about you? Um, my week was pretty good, uh, pretty productive. I got a lot of stuff done. Um I added some red to my hair, the tips of my hair, so that was something new. I was yeah. like, I want to do something different. Um, you know, just you know, just spicing up life a little bit. Sometimes you gotta throw a little, you know, a little. <laughs> that's that splash. You right. know, you gotta throw that splash on there a little bit. Yeah. Every now and then, but no. Um, I've had a good week. Other than that, um, you know, just trying to, you know, stay motivated and um, productive. 
um, continuing to, to dream and continuing to go after my goals, even though around me it looks like, you know, that everything is, you know, like on on a standstill, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, well, let's go ahead and get into these topics. We have a lot of interesting things to talk about today um, and a lot of things that's been happening since our last show. So let's first off start with the fact that Malcolm X's birthday was May 19th. Um, We want to let's talk about his impact and what pretty much he has meant to us individually. And let's start with whoever wants to jump in first. Hey, Wayne, bro, what you what you got to say? Oh, no, what about you? <laughs> uh, man, honestly, um, for me personally, his personal impact on me is uh, whenever I read his autobiography, he said he had a lot of gems up in there, and it got me deeply into social issues and stuff like that. And this was like 14 at this joint, so even though I didn't understand everything he was saying at the time. There was some key things that stuck out to me, and I was like, yeah, this man's speaking facts. And it made me look deeper into all those things he was talking about and things beyond that. Yeah, Malcolm Max was a pretty cool person. Um, oh, you know, just like reading stories about him and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I, well, I would say for me, um, I learned a lot about Malcolm X in school, obviously, and. Um, one of the biggest things I learned about him was that um, he kind of like opposing um, MLK in some way. You know what I mean? Everybody, you know, knew that about how MLK and um, Malcolm X kind of had opposing views. You know, MLK stood for nonviolence, and then Malcolm X stood for you know, kind of like violence by any means necessary, kind of sort of. Yeah. You know, um, and so I feel like for me the impact Malcolm X had on my life and his legacy and things like that. I think about the movie that, um, I don't know if you guys remember that movie with Denzel Washington. Yeah. yeah that's that. a good movie. Um, I'm gonna have to go check that out again. Um, cause I haven't seen that in a while, but that's a really, really good movie. Um, and I think about kind of like the relatability that Malcolm X kind of had in that movie, like how they kind of played his life out, you know, with him getting his hair dyed and his hair getting fried and all these different things with him with that, um, when he, the whole like fashion movement that was happening in Harlem and the Harlem Renaissance and things like that, like Malcolm X kind of showed kind of some of that in the movie, you know, and I kind of feel like Malcolm X impacted me in a way of more so just being a carefree black man, you know what I mean? A carefree black boy, carefree black man, and just very confident about his beliefs and his views. And like, he just was very confident in himself. So yeah. Yeah, I think for me, like um, learning about Malcolm X at a young age, it kind of was that first. Um, besides, of course, like my immediate family, you know, seeing them, but it was like that first man, that black man who was like for our people and, you know, kind of teaching us to stand our ground and not be afraid of police, of racial, you know, racist people, yeah. whatever. So for me, like growing up, he kind of taught me how to be strong. Because, like, there, I remember there were times where I was, I would, I would have, there would be moments where I was afraid because a police officer had stopped and talked to my dad or talked to me or whatever. And I would always think about, like, Sister Soja and Malcolm X and all of these different people. And it just kind of brought me, like, some, gave me some strength, you know? So I think it just made me stronger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Malcolm X definitely, uh, that's a good, that's definitely good points. And, um, you know, rest in peace to Malcolm X. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. He would have been, let's see. Looks like he would have been. Let's look at his age. Yeah, all right. Let me look. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like that movie that um, Spike Lee directed, as I'm looking up his age, I think that movie really really like impacted me growing up like I remember just seeing it all the time on BET Mm -hmm. or seeing that you know played you know on a Sunday on a TV um, channel and you know just really tuning into that and when I was I was a kid you know when that came out so um, now that was that was kind of like my introduction to Malcolm X and you know what he stood for yeah Um, and I can't even find his age wait I'm trying to (laughs) I have to do the math. Well, we're going to get that for you guys a little later. Um, we're going to move on to our next topic for the day, um, which is going to be, are humans the most dangerous animals on the planet? Ooh. I 100% agree that we are. Okay. Yeah, I think uh certain, you know, things we are. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Shy? Yeah, man, definitely. Like, when it comes to pretty much, like, most of the world's issues are created by us. Pollution, even like emotional things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm gonna stop talking. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean I definitely feel like um we are definitely the dominant species on this planet. So for for us to be the most dangerous and all these different things, um, I mean I would say yes, because we're kind of like destroying the planet right now. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, the environment and things like that. And I would even argue that COVID-19 is happening because of how we treat the environment and how we treat, mm-hmm. um, how we treat animals, how we treat the production of animals when they get on our dinner table, you like that whole process, mm-hmm. you know, of how that chicken got on your table, like right. is a process that you yeah. have no idea about. You just enjoying that fried chicken from Popeye, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying like, just being more conscious that um, behind your back, people aren't always handling our food the best, the health, most healthiest way for our bodies. So just keep that in mind. Ooh, that's true. You know what I mean? So are humans dangerous? Yes. Yeah. We're dangerous to ourselves. We're dangerous to, to our others. environment. Yeah. And I feel like, honestly, we can only uh, get better by, one, learning how to love each other and accept each other for our differences, and two, learning how to take care of the environment. That's it, man. I agree. You know, right? love, man. Definitely agree. So, if no one has anything else on that topic, um, the next thing it looks like is: Does music have a message, or can it have a message? Does it have to have a message? What do you guys think? Hmm. I think. Um, okay. Well, there is some music that doesn't have a message now, but I think it's. I don't know. I guess it doesn't have to have a message, but it's just a little bit. It's impactful when it does have a message. It, 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 it's more prone. Like I'm more prone to listen to it if it does have a message rather than just like you just rapping or singing or whatever about you know nothing. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, honestly, like even on an implicit level, I feel like pretty much every song has a message. Like I'll be listening to certain songs and they'll just be talking about smoking weed or something like that but i'll listen to the instrumentals or maybe the way they ad lib or something like that or maybe the way they rap or blend in with the music and that kind of 
that kind of generates a message on its own. Like whether it's like a call to Africa or something like that or anything. I feel like music itself is just filled with messages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that uh, music has messages in them. Um, like artists be like telling their lifestyle lifestyles and stuff like that and how they got to this very point and stuff. So that might be a message telling you that if I did it, you can do it too. So yeah. Yeah, and, and I also um, feel like when it comes to does music have to have a message or does it have a message, or does that pretty much argument that that is. I think that at the end of the day, regardless if you have an intention or not to have a message in your music, you're gonna have a message. Period. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, I, you can't run away from you your song having some type of message whether it be negative or positive because that's the whole point of having a lyric (laughs) so um yeah that's how i see it you know like i I think that it has a message because that's what a song is yeah you know what i mean like that's the whole purpose that's the whole point yeah but 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 as far as a message in a positive well maybe that's what it means like a message like a spiritual message or or uplifting in a positive message for society doesn't have to, to no, not yeah. in this not in this music industry now in 2020 no yeah it just can have it can just talk about you know the stuff that it's already talking about you know sex or drugs or you know the same things and topics that really hasn't changed you know and but yeah I mean not not that I don't enjoy it because I mean I enjoy my my fair share of a lot of music because I'm not yeah. I don't discriminate like I like a lot of music. Yeah. But what I am saying is that I feel like um, music nowadays doesn't have to have the message that we're seeking it to have for it to sell. Yeah, for it to sell. Definitely. For it to sell and yeah. for it to get an award, for it to yeah. be popular, no. I think like music back back like the Jill Scott era, mm-hmm. I think um, that kind of music, and I, I wasn't around in that era, like in the beginning of Jill Scott, I wasn't around. But from looking at, like, people who were in that era, whatever, like, black families or whatever, it kind of just, like, impact. I think it impacted them to, like, actually, like, love and, you know, have a real relationship. And it's not just about, like, sex or it's not just about how much money you make in. You know what I mean? Right. It's just about I love you, you love me kind of thing. You know, like, real love. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So, cake or ice cream? Cake or ice cream, man. Ice cream. Ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It depends yeah. what kind of cake it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say for me, cake, like I love cake. Yeah. I love wedding cake. I love anniversary cake. I love going to people's events, baby showers, yeah. and eating some good cake. Like, so. I feel like I feel like, like the cake, like if the ice, sometimes the, like the icing can be like real bitter, you know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know, but like, ice cream is good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm gonna have to go with the cake. So. Okay. Okay. What about you, Shy? Ice cream, man. Always about the ice cream. Always about the ice cream. Okay. Sure. Okay. But sure. summertime ice cream do come in handy. Yeah. True. Most True. Definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. So, why is it that women, when it comes to pedophilia, pedophilia, are more accepted than men? when it comes to pedophilia? I think, well, I think it's because women, people listen more when women say, oh, I've been abused or I've been raped or, Mm -hmm. you know, so, and and because we're the more vulnerable in quote, 
ones and the weak ones and the emotional ones. So I guess it's like a people just feel like they have to protect women, I guess, and men. When men say I've been raped or I've been beaten on or whatever, it's like you're a man. You're supposed to. You should be able to handle, you know, a situation like that. You know. Yeah. And Plus, yeah, I was gonna say, Shaw, uh, chime in because I know that you um one of one of these questions was yours. Just curious, what did you think about when you asked that? What did you think? What did I think? Yeah. Honestly, um, was it an article? Oh, like where did I like where did where did it come from? Uh, article or? Oh, it was uh, it's because of the little bussy situation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now explain that, cause I'm I'm a little lost about that. All right. So uh, like uh, everybody everybody was tripping off the fact that um, like well there was people that were agreeing with uh little bussy's son getting head at the age of fifteen, and they okay. was cool. They was cool with that, like. A young man getting hit from an older woman, but okay. then when it came to it being the other way around, it was like, like it was some other stuff. Like a young woman getting hit from a older dude, they wasn't cool with that, but they was cool with it the other way around. What was the other story? Huh? What was the other story? Oh, that's it, man. So I'm saying the other story with um, you said the a woman. Oh, no, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just oh, speaking just in like general. A, yeah. Oh, it's just like in general. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like it's a contradiction, kind of sort of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just I thinking mean, like are... that makes sense because uh, my bad. But uh, I was just thinking like, dang, I know so many. I know so many people who will be like seventeen or something like that, and they 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 want to date an older woman. They like like, hey, this is it. But then the other way around, it's kind of looked down upon. Like, if it's a young female, she getting, like, rides from a 31-year-old, it's not cool. But it's cool the other way around. I mean, when you look at fathers, though, a lot of fathers or brothers or whatever, they encourage their other brother or their son, oh, yeah, go out and date, go Mm -hmm. be with that older woman. But when your daughter or your sister... It's a whole other game. Yeah, it's like... Nah, you need to be Virgin Mary forever. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like that's what's taught, yeah. I think. You know where yeah. men is like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be whoever I want. I can have yeah. all these women. I can have sex with whoever I want to have sex with, <laughs> yeah. and my bro gonna be proud of me. Mm-hmm. But little sister, she a little. Mm-hmm. I think it ties into like uh, I think it ties into like uh, human nature as well. Like mm-hmm. at least according to the man's perspective, like going far far back it's like man we meant to have multiple wives we meant to populate and women are meant to be like subservient and waiting mm-hmm. for whoever to pick them i don't i wouldn't necessarily use the word meant to be but <laughs> I mean, i'm just saying but man. i hear you i'm just saying man. yeah i hear you okay all right well so the next thing that we are going to talk about today is do you believe in beauty pageants? Um, yeah, Takara, you can go first. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't really see a point in them. I think they're kind of pointless. But, And I also think they kind of like make girls just like the I'm prettier than thou kind of thing. I think they kind of it kind of creates that for a lot of girls and a lot of little teenagers are very insecure and um, not not that it's something that they can't grow out of it's just something every teenager goes through in life at least once you know and it, and I think it created a lot of like insecurities for a lot of girls that's all I got <laughs> okay yeah um I 
I don't see a I don't see a problem with it. I, I think that the reason why I don't see a problem with it is because I think there's a good and bad side to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some there's some beauty pageants or pageant pageants in general that are positive. Like yeah, I mean, I it's see. a competition. It's fun. It's engaging the community a little bit. It's a little bit of uh you know. You know, just that competition mindset with, you know, when it comes to beauty. I mean, I don't see that being a problem. It only beca- can become a problem, of course, when it's like toxic, toxic femininity. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't, I don't hear people use that a lot. Yeah. I didn't, honestly, I didn't think of, now that I, I'm thinking about a beauty pageant, I think about a lot of toxic femininity. I have to look this way. I got to, you know, do this. I got to, I got to eat mm. like that. I got to. My body has to look like that or whatever the case may be that makes you feel like your body or your skin color, your hair is not good enough to to be beautiful or win a pageant. I think that's when it can become a problem and it it can become toxic. But I think in general, I don't see a problem with beauty pageants or pageants in general because it can be positive or negative. It just depends on however people are approaching it. And if you feel negative vibes, get out of there. Yeah, yeah. Like that's simple. Like you gotta be able to tell like that what that red flag is for you. Yeah. You know, everybody don't know how what that red flag is for them until you're in an experience that you didn't expect to be in and now you're, you know, it's hurt that. or in pain or having a medical issue. So that's my thoughts on that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really see a problem with patches. I just think that it can it can create like, you know. Yeah. Those kind of things for girls. But. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next thing is the Nigerian priest in Germany forced to leave his par- parish after racist remarks and attempts on his life. Hmm. He was forced to leave. Forced to leave his, par- his parish. Uh, parish. Parish. Yeah. Forced to leave his parish. Yes, What's the parish? It's like a it's like a district that has like a church, a priest, okay. and all that stuff. Okay. Can you tell us more about that? Alright, so uh yeah, man, up in uh Germany there was this Nigerian man who who overseen a parish and the people within that parish they told him to leave just out of safety because there was like there were people there that were um like one person crashed the whole car into that into that man's building. Some people tried to stab him and stuff like that, just simply because of the fact that he was black. And you would uh have people make racist remarks like, "I don't want those dirty black hands touching my child," during baptisms and stuff like that. So yeah, they uh just due to safety reasons they made him leave. I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm still kind of trying to process the story, so I'm gonna let y'all have it. It's a, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not surprising to me though, like yeah. that you know people were saying that to him. It happens a lot everywhere. Yeah, it's not um, always spoke about, but mm-hmm. in a lot of churches, there's a lot of a lot of big churches like that or whatever. There's a lot of like racial. You, you know what I think is crazy is that. You go to church to escape the the world, to escape the drama, the negativity, the evil of the world, but then there's evil in the church. 
but then in the name of God at that. Like we're so, all here for the so, same reason. So you have yeah. the nerve okay. to ha- be racist, but can then continue the church service. Yeah. Like the, yeah. it needs to the end when you are racist. It needs to end right when you are being racist. Like there's no, it doesn't make sense at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it don't make sense. Like the whole, you know what I mean? Like if it, if it, if you were racist at six thirty and church in at seven thirty, it got to end at six thirty because, like, yeah. because that don't make any sense to continue to go about church service yeah. and. And then, like, be the complete opposite of what church is supposed to stand for. Yeah. So that's what I don't get. Because if you're trying to say you connected to God and you're spiritual and all these different things and you go to church, like, you got to be an example of that. And racism and that's, like, very, like, petty, very, like, very, like, childish behavior for grown people. I don't understand, like, how people are so hateful. <laughs> I don't understand why people are hateful either. Like, what's the point? What do you gain from it? Yeah. People are just not aware of the fact that you put the energy you put out is the energy you get back. Yeah, it's a lot so, of devilish people in the world. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I mean, just mind your business. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. not that hard. It's not that hard. It's not yeah, that hard. Right. You know, like it's simple. That's how I feel. Yeah. I remember uh, talking to this. Um, I remember talking to this Muslim, and she was saying how if everybody embraced Islam, then Things like racism and stuff like that, they wouldn't even they wouldn't even exist. And I'm just thinking that about religions in general, because it's like religions, they don't really have a racial context. There might be like misogyny and stuff like that just yeah. off of tradition, but they don't really have a racial con- context. It's just like you come as you are, man, regardless of your race. Like yeah. We're going to get you right. Yeah. yeah. You know, you would think you would think so. But, you know. Right. <laughs> People ain't got it. But you know, that's another one. That's another whole other thing. Yeah. That you know, it's like something we can't change in life. Tiller just walked in the building. What's going on, Tiller? How are you? Are you kidding? That's right. Check. What's up, man? What's going on? How was your week? Not much. You know, just really been uh working to be honest. That's okay. really just about it. Just been working. Okay. Know. Okay. You brag on fleek, I see, always. Oh, uh, yeah, you know. I got to I gotta buy one myself for me. Different color every day, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> looks good, man. All right. So, um, the next topic that we're going to talk about, black and minority-owned businesses are being denied virus aid relief. And I want Shy to touch on that, too. Where did you see that article at? And it, was, uh, it was an article posted by the Daily Coast. And um, they were talking about how there would be like 75% of all black and minority owned businesses um, registered for COVID-19 relief. And only, well, it was less than 25% of them that received it. Hmm. And it's just like, it kind of got you thinking like, all right, so when it comes to white businesses, there's about... 80 or more percent of them that are receiving relief but when it comes to black and minority owned businesses it's like not even a quarter of them that are actually receiving it and it's 75 percent that actually register for them yeah that's unfortunate and um wait 75 percent that register for them Mm -hmm. that register for the relief package yes sir of black businesses Mm -hmm. black and minority so then would you say it's our fault no, I wouldn't. If say we didn't register for, it, we wouldn't. No, listen, not my bad, bro. But uh, it's like, 
like seventy like seventy five percent of all businesses registered, and only twenty five percent of those that registered are receiving them. Gotcha. Sorry, yeah. I got I got that I got that mixed around. It's all good. Um, twenty five percent received it. Wow. So I mean, I definitely um I'm not quite surprised because I mean we still live in a country where you know it can take a long time for you could somebody to get justice for being shot in the street. So you know I I just don't. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not really too shocked about that, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the next thing that we're going to touch on, if no one else in the building has any thoughts on that topic, um, mm, why are up. marriages, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to ask, uh, can I ask a question real quick? Go right ahead. Snap. So like, uh, I'm going to ask this to everybody. All right. Let's say that, um, let's say that, I don't even know. Like, um, hmm, let me think of how to frame this question. Just straightforward. All right, let's get it straightforward. All right, let's say that, um, let's say that everybody in your household ended up getting sick to the point where they couldn't even work the jobs that they were working. Even if it was only like a few hours that they were getting, they couldn't work because they were sick and you can't show up to work while you're sick. And they registered for unemployment or something like that and they didn't receive it how would y'all feel i mean if a family member registered for unemployment and didn't receive it basically yeah like if everybody in their family was sick and they couldn't work or nothing like that and they registered and didn't get it like which i, I mean it would definitely make me feel like best messed i'm up. not yeah like i'm not equal like you know like i would definitely feel like like what the heck is going then, on why am i not getting but then at the same time you gotta uh you gotta look at the reasons of why they didn't get it though because there's there's some people who register for unemployment but they can't get it because they make too much or they don't get it like because previously yeah the time they made, okay. like like your work history like within the time like like probably like from well i know it goes back i think a year or two so between that year or two to now, if you make a certain amount, you wouldn't get it because you're making too much. Yeah. And so I don't know if there's a thing of you don't make enough and you still don't get it. I don't know if that's well, if you don't work enough throughout that time period, then I know that you then I know that you wouldn't be able to get it because you didn't work enough and you're not making you're already not making enough to qualify for unemployment. So you have to look at the re- uh, you have to look at the reasons of why they're not getting it in the first place. It's either because they're making too much, or they wasn't making enough. Now some places, Wait, a that, lot of that, people, that's... a lot of people that register for it are low income though. So I feel like you're right though, you're right. But I feel like that's that's like less common or not as common. Right. But what was you about to say? You said uh, you said it's either you're making enough or you're not making enough. But if you're not making enough, wouldn't you get the unemployment? Um, basically, it just depends on how much you make, though. Like, say, I see. I so, I like, see. say, like, you just started working, like, at the beginning of January, mm-hmm. you wouldn't qualify for unemployment because you haven't worked enough to even five. Yeah, yeah, to even qualify for it. Okay, and gotcha. so, I didn't mean like you're not making enough money. To get it, you just haven't worked. Uh, you haven't been at a job long enough to actually get unemployment. Okay, got so. you. 
All right. Well, my thoughts on that. Um, I mean, I would definitely feel some type of way. I mean, I would. It would affect my life. It would affect my family. I would feel some type of way. I would feel some type of way about my about the government. Feel some type of way about like I already are like we already already do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think that that's a good question, and um, you know, that's a great point. Yeah. So, yeah. So we are going to take a break, um, and we'll be right back. This is the Juice Radio Show. So, 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 Some people going out and then some people still being tested and stuff like that. So, like, 